Woolpackers and greasy rams. Trot quickly to avoid foot rot. Smear yourself in a generous coat of lanolin. And baram you! Baram you! Because it's time to bleat tall to me. You remember that, uh, the movie Babe? I think I saw, like, fractions of it. I never actually watched the whole thing. That's what Baram You is from. I actually knew that. That's okay. pretty much the only thing I know about, about Babe. It's a good film. Welcome back. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are Feckless Momes. And this, my flock, is Talk Told to Me. A shearing session in the Lamb Barn of Progrock, in which Nick Mulesing McGill and off-season Omen Thomas Sade will diligently rinse the beautiful fluffy fleece of every single song that a roustabout rock band Jethro Tull has ever husbanded in these green rolling acres wild. We will dodge the devil's grip of .com, measure out the dry sheep equivalent of Dharma for One, and put a bell around the war child Woolcock. And if we can, sheepdog-like, round up all these minstrelly moutons, we will perhaps catch a glimpse within the herd of the flushing flautist, the dancing dewlap, the shorny of sky, the one-legged balancing bellwether, Ian Apininica Anderson. Is that a sheep breed? It's a type of sheep, oh, yeah. okay. Is it used for its wool or for its meat? Yes, both. Oh. And milk. It's a because it's it's Italian. Is it, they use every part of the sheep. Oh, okay. Right, right. That's what they say about the Italians, yeah. They do say that. <laughs> Nick, welcome back to the podcast. It's Here we are. not been that long for us. Yeah, we had a busy week this whole week. We did where did Saturday go? Then we did what did we do on Thursday? We did something on Thursday. I think the one before that. Oh, so we did Betrayal on Monday. We did Where Did Saturday Go on Thursday. We met with John on Sunday, and here we are. If you, listener, have not taken the leap to becoming a Patreon member just for this one interview, this one conversation with, for Queen and Country, John. Our Anglo correspondent. I forgot that's what we called him. Anglo correspondent, John. Our Anglo correspondent, an actual religious scholar and vicar. I would say it is well worth the $5 a month just to access that episode because he really sheds so much light on the content, the biblical content that we're talking about with this album. It's, it was a fantastic conversation. And the $15 will get you a video so you can see his little vicar collar on. That drops as a feckless next week, actually. So perfect timing. He was dressed as a vicar and I was dressed as a tart. <laughs> Like usual. Yeah, nothing nothing different there. Speaking of tarts, Nick, what episode are we talking about today? We are talking Three Loves Three. Oh. That we it's are. It's been a little while, but I'm excited to jump into <laughs> to that. Before we do that, so just chronologically, just today, Jethro Tull dropped on their YouTube the hour-long question and answer session that they did before the Dolby Atmos playing that they did of rock flute before it dropped. Trace that sentence and I'll give you a penny. And in that 
um, in that video, which I do recommend you you listen to. There's some really interesting points and uh, some news and updates and things to expect in the future. Mm. Uh, but in there, finally, we hear the pronunciation of Florian's last name, his surname. Oh, my gosh. And what is it? It is exactly how we've been saying it. Opale. <laughs> <laughs> Just confirmation, though, you know, like now I can sleep better. Now I can sleep at all. Period. Yeah, that's a good point. So, Nick, without further ado, why don't we jump into Three Loves Three? I think that is a delightful idea. Buckle up, grab your tissues, put on your Snuggie, and now it is time. We will listen to Three Loves Three. Nick McGill. Omen. Thomas said. I'm going to go out on a limb like Wiley Coyote with a saw and sit on that limb while I saw it off. Perfect. Good. I'm going to go with this is the type of song, the type of musical construction that really gets your juices flowing. Nick McGill, you. It is the perfect foreplay for In Brief Visitation. Yes. In fact, that when it ended, I like, like last week, like Where Did Saturday Go? Or no, it was, um, I think it was Betrayal. We listened to it and I was like, I've never listened to this out of context. So I was very kind of baffled. I've never listened to just Three Loves Three. So when it ends like that, so disappointing. However, this song, acoustic, strings, mm. Mm. mando, tambo, mm. double flute, Ian singing in a very comfortable range. All of it. What more could you ask for? You made the observation that this forms a bit of a triptych with In Brief Visitation and the one before it, no? Where, where did Saturday uh, go? Where did Saturday go? I think so. I think so. It's, it's, not, it's not directly tied. There's no intrinsic flow like in Three Loves Three and, and In Brief Visitation. But I think there's some of the, the softer, sweeter songs of the album. It's almost this whole half of the album really, really kind of is interwoven. And mm -hmm. that's appropriate if you think of the... Oh, we were having such a great chat with Anglo correspondent, John. And one of the things that really struck me about the construction of the New Testament, especially the first part of it, is that all of those narratives from different perspectives overlap. So they're all telling yeah. the same story from slightly different perspectives. And so you have these, these interwoven threads and it feels like that structure is replicated a little bit in this second half of the album. I think so. I think that's, that's an accurate way to put it. It is much more of a contiguous story as opposed to the first half of the album, like the, the Old Testament half. It's just kind of we're, yes. we're hitting those bullet points, the really important moments when things happened. Here, it's it's really, it's, it's the JC show. It's the JC show. Yeah. Get your tickets on Ticketmaster. Where they will charge exorbitant prices and tack on as many fees as they can. Because Monopoly. Try to buy a beer at the Jesus Show. 11 to $12. <laughs> and he will turn it into wine. I wanted beer, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Sorry, no. that's my thing. <laughs> that's... <laughs> you should have gone to see Taylor Swift. You get some wine, and you get some wine. Everybody look under your seats. It's fish! Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, good tie-in with this song, The Fish. Before we get into the edible creatures portion, let's do talk about the music. Yes. This has all the hallmarks of a classic Ian Anderson 
extravaganza. Yeah. You've mentioned some of them already. We have the double flute mm-hmm. coming in right off the bat. We have his little guitar. God, I was watching a show from, he was in Russia in 2003, they were doing some stuff. And it's been so long since I've seen the little guitar that I saw him on stage with. I was like, oh, that's so cute. I forgot he does it that. Is. <laughs> and, and it has such a delightful sound too. It's so nice. It's so nice. Yeah. We also have a bass. I question whether this bass was played by David Goodyear or whether this is, in fact, an Ian Anderson bass moment. Technically, he's not credited with bass on the album. I'm not sure that makes a difference. I don't know, like, what's... Is he in, like, some guild that he has to have all of the... Every single thing that he has contributed represented on there? Like, how does that work for musicians? I would imagine if he played the bass that we would see a credit on there for him. But that being said, I, I do, to me, the playing of the bass sounded a little bit different than what we've heard mm. from David Goodyear. Now, maybe our sample size is too small so far. Yeah. Maybe we are not yet so familiar with the work of David Goodyear. There's also some organ being played. Call it what you will. Does Ian know how to plunk his hand sausages onto the ivories? Yes, he does. But could it have been someone else? Could it have been played by John O'Hara? Yeah, yes. But it does have that intimate, cozy feeling, like you're sitting down with Ian and he's playing six instruments at the same time. Right. There are six versions of him making up this band. The cloning process worked, and it's the best thing that could have happened. Somehow, Ian Anderson returned. That's a Star Wars reference. Oh, uh, yeah. It's a, it, I, I get it, yeah. It's not funny, and also, it wasn't a good plot point. <laughs> Yes, I was thinking of the movie Multiplicity with Michael Keaton from the 90s. I didn't it's, see it's okay. the 90s. I, didn't, I was not there for those. <laughs> I woke up in Missed the whole I woke thing. up in 2003 and I was like, what am I doing in college? Pretty much. Now I look back on it and think, what did I do in college? What? I met my wife. I met your wife too. You met my wife in college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the particular musical aspects. Mm-hmm. That tambo is... Ian Anderson Tambo, ladies and gentlemen. Very much. I'm pretty comfortable saying that. Could be wrong, but I'm pretty comfortable with it. It's not for me that I sweet reassurance. There's an interesting tension between the affection of this song, the intimacy of this song, and then that more ethereal flute hook that we hear. Oh, wait, that's the wrong key. That was the wrong tune. The side of the mouth thing is... I think I know what you're going for. I really missed my career opportunity as a trumpet player in Benny Goodman's orchestra. Yeah, right. To me, that really does feel like... We'll talk about it more in the second half, but this is the conversation between the already dead Jesus, who's coming back just for a quick visit. Hey, guys. Feed my sheep. Just comes back three times. Yep. Don't let the goldfish die. I'm going to get out of here. Exactly. So there's that very human connection conversation. And then there's the fact that he is this, you know, this mysterious undead being. Real alive, 
was he ever alive? You know, the sort of the mystery of it. Yeah. And I feel like we have both musically represented really well in this song. Yeah, I think so. We do have distinct layers. Yeah. There's one moment that I want to zoom in on. Zoom it. And that is after the very first Three Loves Three. Okay. We have the guitar strumming and we have it suspended there. So it, it, normally between verses, it's like, and in this case, it's not for you to see, to see that Three Loves Three. And then it goes on, and it's this wonderful yeah. moment of suspension yeah. that is really filled with mystery, filled with anticipation, mm-hmm. filled with just sheer guitar virtuosity. To see the three last three. I feel like he's been using that often, quote unquote, often, because we've heard it like two or three times in this album, but it's great every single time. It doesn't feel overused. And like you were saying, I think that that hang time, that beat of like what's going to happen next really fits with the, the theme of the, the song itself. And it, it allows some space to the listener mm-hmm. to start processing and, and filling in the thought process. I rarely talk about work on this podcast, but I was, I was, um, I'm in charge of a sales team and I was speaking to them about how, when they get somebody on the phone, I was, I was practicing with them and I said, all right, you know, here, I'm this person. I picked up the phone and they started saying, Hey, I'm this person from the company and this is what we do and blah, 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 blah. And I was wondering if I could speak to you because we do this. And I said, click, I hung up already. And I, and I said, you have, you have to leave space. Yeah. You have to say, Hey, I'm wondering if you can help me with this and then don't say anything and pause. If it's for three to five seconds, it's going to feel to you like it's ages, but that's the amount of time it takes for the other person to process what you've said. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bert. I heard the tail whip, whip onto the microphone. That's how long it takes for them to process what they're hearing and to start filling in their own thoughts. And that's yeah. what starts that relationship. And I feel like Ian is a master salesman Mm. in that context. He's selling us this story and this song, and he's giving us the space to become a part of it. To buy it. To buy in. Anything else musically? I just really love the strumming, just in general. The guitar is just very pleasantly precise in this one, and it works so well. It's so well done that at first I was like, that must be Florian. Mm. My first thought was, oh, that's Martin. And then I thought, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, with the times. No, no, no. And I thought, I think that's Florian. And then I thought, no, that's Ian. I want to go back. I said, I think there's Mando on here. It might just be the tiny guitar, now that I think about it. That's what I was thinking. I'm not sure there is Mando. I didn't want to mandolin shame you because I, I would never. It sounds so light in the beginning, particularly in that beginning strums. But I, I do think, now that I think about it, it's it's not high enough. Yeah. But it's light enough. To me, it has, it has more of that mellow sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. That's it for me. Nothing else to say musically. Nothing else to say. Let's head over into the middle, the halfway. Step into my mandolin. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a small one. It's going to be cramped, but we can make it. We can make it work. A lot of dust in here. It is actually much more cramped than I thought it would be. Just put your knee in my armpit, and then I'll make a little extra space. I was going to say, what am I sitting on? Oh, that's uh, that's me. This is where I have my room now, Master Nick. 
Ever since the closet flooded. I didn't realize that you were staying with Omen again. That's great. That's great, Mary. It's been a while. It's been some time. I've been thinking lots of thoughts. I hope they're good thoughts because you don't have health insurance, so we can't do anything about, like, therapy or anything. So, um, but I, I hear Marley's a good listener, so it's okay. You know, oh, if yes. you see Marley. Anytime I talk to him, he'll tell me, oh, Mary, that's a thought from Jesus. Or, or he'll say, oh, Mary, that's a thought from the devil. And if I have a devil thought, I simply whack my head into the frying pan until the devil goes out. That Marley, he's a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. He's great. You're so lucky to have each other. So, speaking of things that we have, Nick, we actually have a, a lovely surprise. It is a review that comes along with one of my very favorite things in the world. Which is five stars? Five stars. Five stars. Wonderful. Why don't you read that to us, Omen? Why? Let us know don't what I? this reviewer has to say. Yeah. This is a great review. It is five stars. It is from Brooks by Apple Podcasts, United States of America. And what I like about this review is that the title is almost as long as the review. Title. <laughs> Entertaining, funny, and interesting discussions about Jethro Tull slash Ian Anderson music. It's good to get that distinction in there. Yeah, now we know. Review. The feckless momes are so insistent. I had to come here and give them a five out of five for dedication so much effort to discuss my favorite music. Great job, guys. Did you just not want to put the emphasis on any of the s <laughs> syllables? or It's like a piece of beat poetry. It was very William Shatner, yeah. The feckless moms are so insistent I had to come here and give them a five. Out of five for dedication, so much effort to discuss my favorite music great. Job, guys. Very good. Could have been Chris Walken, too. Thank you, Brooks, for your five stars. Thank you for your review. Thank you for your restraint when it comes to punctuation. It is wonderful to hear from you, and I'm glad that we wore you down to the point that you took the time out of your day to do that. We really, really do appreciate it. It just makes this podcast more accessible and more findable to other tall skulls out there in the universe. Yes, thank you, Brooks. We know you could have given us two stars or three stars, but you chose five stars in that review. And we, we do appreciate that. Thank you. We do. Nick, anything else that we have to talk about in this intermezzo? That's really it for me. Mary, I think you're due some vacation time, though. Why don't you... Uh... Oh, you're so kind, Master Nick. I took myself a porcelain vacation earlier today. Okay. I hope you wrote that on your time card, though. Oh, yes. I always take it off when I do a porcelain voyage. I sit on the can and I put a postcard of Mauritius in front of me and I, I think about the good times that I had when I was a wee girl. <laughs> I had scurvy. Those are good times, right? By comparison. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what you have now. and We've not had you tested. <laughs> oh, we can't afford it and we don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. Typhoid, typhoid Mary. <gasps> Omen Three Loves Three. Oh. Covers John 21, 15 through 17. John, old enough to drink. Yeah, so Nick, this is, as, I, as we alluded to, this is the period where Jesus has been crucified, he's been resurrected, and he's coming back a couple of times. He makes three appearances to his friends, 
to give them messages. And in this case, mm-hmm. he comes to see John. Now, a little backstory. I have the backstory pulled up for you before we get into the text of the day. Would you like to hear it? Are you sure he goes to John? Is it not Simon Peter? I don't know. Son of John? No, you're right. You're right. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Simon Peter, son of John. Backstory, go. Prequel. Bible, the prequel. And then they seized him and led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house, him being uh, Jesus. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light and looking closely at him, said, This man was also with him. But Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted, saying, Certainly this man was also with him, for he too is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. So this, just for context, for those of you playing the confusing home game, uh, this is post-resurrection Jesus back hanging with his chums. But that story was from a pre-resurrection Jesus when he had just been captured. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the prequel. This, where we, where are, we now, are now, is... With John 21, 15 through 17. Nick, would you Correct. care to read that passage? I would love to. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, Son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Now that I can dance. Watch me now. Feed my sheep. (laughs) Feed my sheep. Because that's do you love me. Yeah, no, okay. So this is fascinating. And actually, it was in our conversation with John where he tipped us off that the parallel in these stories is that yeah. Jesus wasn't coming back to John, as Ian says, for his sake, to actually find out, John, do you love me? Peter, whomever. Is it Peter John? Si- Peter, Simon Peter. Simon Peter Vitesse. Peter, <laughs> that's where I was going to. <laughs> It's not for me that I ask sweet reassurance. It's for you to see, to see love's firm endurance. It's not for me that I ask sweet reassurance. It's for you to see, to see love's firm endurance. So he's not finding out for himself, oh, I, Jesus, am insecure, so I have to ask three times if he loves me. He's giving Simon Peter, Vitesse, a chance to redeem himself. In the Bible, the title of that chapter is Jesus reinstates Peter. Ooh, wow. Because Peter had cut himself off by denying 
Jesus three times. Yeah. This is Jesus's, it's him showing his own love to say, look, I'm going to give you an opportunity to get back into the club. Yeah. Jesus did not rip up his, um, his club card. When Simon Peter denied those three times, he was so stricken with guilt, he removed himself. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. It wasn't like God was like, mm, no, you had your chance, buddy. No, no it, was, it was himself. He built a wall. And that's, I mean, that's the, the very inspiring thing about the story of Mr. J.C., is that there is that element, that theme, that through line of forgiveness, of redemption. Yeah. And it's more valuable in this experience in the one that, not the prequel, the John 21 right now, that he's he doesn't just come back and say, you know what, I forgive you. He, it's a teaching moment. Like everything Jesus does is a teaching moment. And even for his disciples, he's, or his apostles rather, he's teaching them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he makes Simon involved in that process. Yeah. When you are a part of it, it sticks more. It's more effective, you know, when you're involved. It reminds me of my college literature's professor's description of Dante's description of purgatory. Okay. So, in the Inferno, you do a sin and you're punished for that sin. And the sin is matched, punishment is matched to the sin. In purgatory, it's the similar process, but the image that she used to describe, and I, I think this is so brilliant, and it's based on some of the imagery from Dante, is that through straying from the righteous path, you have twisted your soul. You've twisted it into a strange shape that it's not supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And in the process of purgatory, you are slowly untwisting it. And that process takes thousands of years, and you have to do this hard work of carrying boulders up a hill and doing all this you know, painful work. Right. But it's that untwisting process to put yourself right with your relationship with God. And that's kind of what Jesus is allowing, he's giving Peter the opportunity to untwist himself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Squee? you do the work. So that's our story. Now let's, let's talk the song. Let's talk, well, let's talk three. We've got so many instances of three. It is clearly uh, religiously important. I mean, we see the Holy Trinity. We see Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Garlic, onions, and peppers. Larry, Curly, and Moe. So, I mean, three is three is hilarious. It's a great number for comedy. The Bible, I've always said the Bible's very funny. It's, it's, um. it's, it's great source material. Well, and if you go back even further, you have the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. You have the... If that was pre-Bible? Is that what you're... You, yeah. you have the, the Maiden, the Mother, and the Crone. Mm -hmm. You have the, um, the sun, the moon, and the earth. You know, everything, it's a prime number. Yeah. It's our favorite prime number. It's a pretty hot prime number. It is. It's prime. Yeah. Looks like a butt on its side. <laughs> or like a little kitten mouth if you put it on its other side. That's true. That's true. So three loves three. We have the references like you and before you, your predecessor, John, said the correlation between the two stories, the th the initial three is Simon Peter denying three times. Yes. And then present day, Jesus giving Simon John the opportunity to confirm his love three times. It right. kind of like, it wipes the slate clean, basically. It equals out. You also have the three revisitations of Jesus after his crucifixion. Three days after after he died, he was resurrected. Also that. I also think that there is kind of a grander idea of the three, the Holy Trinity, loving 
people, loving things. You know, God has a love for his followers. And the, the title, I've always thought it's, it's three loves. Right. Three. Right. I don't see anything to like really back that up. I've just always interpreted it that way. Well, and that that also refers to the three literal times that Simon Peter says the word love. But it also, mm-hmm. to your point, the existence of Jesus is to make, theologically, is to make God's love more in touch with humanity. Mm, right, yeah. Because when you just have the one, when you just have the Old Testament God, it's kind of tough love. Yeah. Borderline, perhaps abusive sometimes. Are we talking about Old Testament or my father? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the three of, you could say, the Holy Spirit, God, and Jesus, or what mm. I prefer is Jesus, Mary, and God. Mm. Kind of get a little different flavor. It's like a Neapolitan. Nice. Mary is obviously strawberry. Mary's obviously strawberry. Jesus is vanilla and God is chocolate. Or my holy trinity is <laughs> antidepressants, therapy, and exercise. Hey, that's that's actually, that's really nice. But you need all three of them. You know, the one by themselves, it's like Jesus by himself without the backing up of God. It's just a nice guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I mean, that goes all the way back to barren Beth Wild Desert John. Jesus only is only so much. There's so much behind him, whether it's his, his apostles, whether it's the rest of the trinity, whether it's some really rockin' sandals, you know, Jesus is a sum of, of a lot of parts. Clothes maketh the son of man, as they say. That's right. That's right. That was Erasmus. It was Erasmus. It was Erasmus. Well, full yeah. circle. Also, Trinity is the name. Full triangle. Mm. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Trinity is the name of a composite Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton that recently sold for $7 million because it was formed out of three different individuals. Oh, weird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. How much? How much did I end up paying for that? <laughs> <laughs> Seven, it would have been more, but because certain experts were like, well, it's not one individual. Yeah. Who cares? It's a T-Rex skeleton. I know. So let's dive a little further into the lyrics, by which I mean at all. Shall we talk? I don't think I see it in here. Oh, no, we see lambs. Okay, I was going to talk sheep. I wanted to talk sheep. Cold lambs are stirring on the gentler edge of dawn. Cold lambs are stirring on the gentler edge of dawn. But it's really only that reference which you would think it is. I mean, he talks about the sheep three times, too. You would think it would be a little more prominent there. Oh, he does talk about good shepherds watching, though. So, I mean, it's a little bit there. And that's a metaphor that... That is employed throughout Christianity that Jesus is the, the shepherd of... The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right. Okay, there we go. Wow, that was reflexive. And, oh God. <laughs> and, and the people, his followers, us, those Christians, are the sheep. Yeah. yeah. Mariah Carey's followers are also referred to as lambs. That's true. Any good shepherd will die for their sheep. I don't... I'd... How many shepherds have I killed that I didn't need to? <laughs> Now, there's also the fish element, which we don't have yes, in a fish elephant. the song. Yeah. There's some other specific lyrics that I want to get into, but the, you know, the source text is just so rich, it's hard not to keep going back there. So, in the earlier part of John 21, because we start with line 15, the lines leading up to line 15 are that the boys were 
fishing. They went out to fish and they cast their nets out and they pulled up Jack. As they're coming back into the shore, they're like 100 meters from shore or 60 cubits. And they see a guy standing on the shore and they don't recognize him. It's Jesus. And he calls out to them, hey, boys, how's fishing? And they're like, it's bad. We haven't caught anything. And he says, toss your net over the right side of your boat. See what you pull up. And they do so because you should always take fishing advice from a stranger. Correct. And they cannot even, they get so many fish in it, they can't even get it onto the boat. It takes all their strength. And in that moment, Simon Peter's like, oh, that's Jesus. Oh, snap. We didn't leave on good good ground. Yeah. Oh, my Ooh. gosh. Gag. Imagine the yeah. face crack. Like It's seeing an ex-girlfriend in the Starbucks. But slightly worse. Well, I mean, yeah, yes, ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> Now, here's... Okay, to pull out a couple elements of the actual lyrics. Long after sun's up on just another day, and night's dark whispers have had their say. Long after sun's up on just another day, and night's dark whispers have had their say. Ugh. Is that the night's whisper of them having this conversation in the night, or is that, are the night whispers... John Paul Simon's like whispering to himself at night saying like, you did a bad thing. You denied Jesus. What the heck were you thinking? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, you're such a bad dude. And then he's waking up. He's having this dawn of his soul where he is re-entered into the warmth of love. Or is it simply crickets? You know, it's multi-layered. Night's whispers could be crickets or, or bats or the random rabbit getting eaten or... Or flatulence. Or flatulence, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it is multi-layered, and I think it's nice that it, much like everything else Ian does, it does, gives you just enough to spark the imagination and take it as poetically or as literally as you want, and you know what? Take them both ways. Venn diagram. It totally works. I always do. I take it both ways. So here's the line that really baffles me. Be it of spirit of brothers, lovers, sons, or blood, heat, emotion, burning lava, bright it runs. Be it love of spirit, of brothers, lovers, sons, or blood, heat, emotion, burning lava, bright it runs. What are we talking about with this sudden lava reference and all these different people, spirit, brothers, lovers, sons? Well, I think it's, it's be it love is your main chunk. I miss the word love in there. Be it love of spirit, of brothers, of lovers, of sons, or of blood heat emotion. And then the imagery of the blood heat emotion is burning lava and bright it runs. Bright is the love, is the passion. Wow. And then the follow-up is, I'll take what's offered, made bold, and manifest. I'll take what's offered, made bold, and manifest. Is this saying, whatever love you have, whatever love you can find, that's what I'm interested in? I'm interested in you making that love as bold and as pure and as real as possible? Like, whomever you love, you should love them fully because that's kind of the vibe? I think so. I mean, just the act of loving... You can't, like, half-ass love. Tell that to my ex. And her half-ass. There are various types of love. There's philia, pragma, storge, eros, ludos, mania, philautia, and agape are the eight Greek loves. 
And it's affectionate, enduring, familiar, romantic, playful, obsessive, self, and selfless love. Wow. So granted, he was probably not referencing that. Ian may be referencing this. Well, he may. I mean, yeah. The, the I mean, Greek scholars were around before before Christ. So yeah, yeah. There would have yeah. been there would have been that conception at the time in that area of the different types of love. So maybe that is you know yeah. whether it's a love of of spirit, whether it's a love of your family, your you know your brethren, or a, a romantic love, or filial love, or just the blind mm-hmm. you know the blood heat emotion, the the passionate love of for love's sake, I guess then it is good. Yeah. The fact that you love and can love, regardless of the type of love, is good. I'll take it. If you can love, love. This is kind of blowing my mind, actually. (laughs) No, for real. I mean, it's what the guy preached. I mean, ultimately, you know? Right, but that's, that's kind of blowing my mind. You always hear like, oh, Jesus preached love, but it's really nice to kind of see it in a little more context. Granted, Jesus is speaking through Ian Anderson in this instance, but he's still capturing that sense of the message. I'm trying to look up some Baudelaire. You would. I thought you promised you'd stop that. I just can't. Omen, we're on camera. I know. Baudelaire, Charles Baudelaire wrote, you have to always be drunk. That's all there is to it. It's the only way. So as not to feel the horrible burden of time that breaks your back and bends you to the earth, you have to be continually drunk. But on what? Wine, poetry, or virtue. As you wish. But be drunk. That is beautiful. That is so lovely. That's what that reminded me of. It's, it's kind of like Jesus is saying... I'm going to get you love drunk on these humps. <laughs> yes, that is what, what he's saying, I believe. Just by virtue of, of loving yourself, your fellow man, etc., it brings you closer to God. Your love That's it. is really what Christianity is all about. Because when you love, you are looking out for other people. You are supporting other people. You are doing the things that overarching everything that he said Everything that he did, it boils down to, if you love, that's like the tip of the umbrella and everything else comes out from there. And you can always get the tip in. At least. (laughs) Just the tip of the umbrella. But to love is to do godding. Like, if God is love, Mm -hmm. then to love is to be, is an act of divinity. Yeah, I mean, God made us in his image. Therefore, why can we not love? And Jesus came along. Why can't I love? (laughs) (laughs) If only I could feel anything at all. (laughs) If only I could be like God. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really beautiful. Going back to the, the verse itself, take care of my sheep, Jesus is saying, Love them. Tell my sheep what to do and how to do it. Spread my teachings. I can't do it anymore. I'm not here. I've got a date in Cancun in like a week, and I got to pack. But you... Got to get my abs ripped. I've got got so much laundry to fold. Wow. How did you get those abs? I did the crucifixion diet. Yeah. Three days, nothing but vinegar. That wound in your side looks really bad. No, it'll heal. It's fine. (laughs) It'll never heal. But also... Think about it from Simon Peter's perspective. Uh-huh. Imagine you've been tasked with, okay, I know I have to, 
I know I have to go forth and carry this message. But then you mess up real bad. You deny Jesus three times. Wow, what an amazing waste of time you've created because you've put all this effort into learning something and then you've disqualified yourself from being a person to teach it. And then Jesus says, wow, that guy is an asset because who better to teach about this stuff than someone who has gone through the process of self-forgiveness and come out the other side, who's gone through the dark night of the soul, who's gone through the dark night's whispers, and then has experienced that sun up on just another day where where suddenly everything changes. That's the guy who should be going out preaching, my word. He's gone through the dark night returns. Yeah, I mean, he, he is absolutely the poster child. He forgave himself. He was forgiven mm-hmm. by Jesus and Daddy God. Yeah, it's it's pretty perfect there. Wow. And uh, it's, I guess that's really the next big step in this story. You know, Jesus is crucified. He is, he comes back. And in that process of coming back, he revisits the, the important people. And this is maybe one of the most important instances because he visits the apostles who always followed him and never even balked. Like, yeah, we know you're zealots. You'll keep doing your thing. This shows the love and compassion, but also the humanity of the Jesus figure. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. I am so... I'm, I'm, I can see why people get excited about this. Yeah, I was saying to Raven after a talk with John, it's like, I'm even more excited about the prospect of us maybe doing a Bible podcast after a talk told to me. Maybe? I don't know. It was just, a, it was a really fascinating discussion with John. And this on a textual level and on a human level is really nice. It makes me interested to look at some of the other works inspired by the Bible. I'm thinking Dante's Divine Comedy. Mm. I'm thinking... The 1990s classic Dogma. Sure. I'm thinking, oh, well, William Blake. He had all those illustrations and poetry based on kind of riffing on the Bible. Garden of Eden. He is one of his popular ones, I believe, right? Am I making that up? Uh, I think it's something like that. Paradise Lost. No, that's Milton. What the hell am I talking about? What did William Blake do? I don't know. Nothing. Layabout. Nick, anything else to say about three loves, comma, three? Just really quickly, we don't even need to get into a five-minute conversation on it. Is there a modern-day allegory, or is this just a really good lesson to learn? You know... And to live. Is it forgiveness? It's so funny. Well, and also love. I have been, like a lot of people in America, following the march of legislation against transgender people, gays, the LGBT community, drag queens. Women's rights. Women's rights. And as horrified as anyone about all of it. And at the same time, I have been binging like it's my freaking job, RuPaul's Drag Race, because I'm just hyper fixated on it. It's kind of the only thing that where I feel like, oh yeah, I'm having fun because I'm watching RuPaul's Drag Race. And... It's really interesting, you know, in the face of all this hatred and legislation, RuPaul always introduces herself as, you know, drag queens are always from the house of 
whatnot. They form clans. So it's like, oh, this is, this is you know, from the house of Colby, it's Sasha Colby. Or from the house of, of Weird, it's Evie Oddly. RuPaul always is introduced as the mother of the house of love. It's RuPaul Charles. And often when she's performing live, she says, everybody say love. And the whole audience says, love. Everybody say love. Love. She's constantly preaching about loving yourself, about loving others. She signs off each episode by saying, and if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And that's just such a common theme. And, and all of, you know, she's gained this platform really through that. And apparently, you know, she's always been that way. When you go back and talk to mm. people or listen to people who who knew her back when she was a, a freakazoid drag queen in the in the 70s and 80s in Atlanta, there's stories of people who, you know, did a, were trying something really unusual in the art scene and she would come up to them and be like, you have to believe in yourself. I, I love you. I'm giving you this energy of love. And like, so it's just funny seeing that maybe the message of love is more important than the conveyor. And I think that we often get into our heads like, oh, yes, Jesus is the way. And therefore, because of the Bible, I'm going to start legislating against people loving each other. Whoa, hold up now. Yeah. Love is the actual point. Yeah. And so I think it is all too relevant today. And whenever we find that real love, that is the place that we have to operate from. Yeah, I mean, in the overall idea of the album itself, the zealot gene, Yeah, the commentary is on the zealot gene of, of anger and violence and rage and overwhelming power, but the zealot gene ought to be love. And love is actually the anecdote, and I think that that's so much of what human history... <laughs> the antidote or the anecdote? The antidote, the antidote, okay. the antidote to the zealot gene is love. And I feel like there's there's so much tension in human history between the zealot gene and love. Are we going back to the Old Testament or are we moving forward with Jesus? Yeah. Are we going back to tribalism or are we evolving into recognizing that we're all part of the same universe? I mean, that's, that's literally like the story of humanity. Mm -hmm. Woof. Three loves three. Omen, next week, what, dear God, what are we talking about? We're going to be on our penultimate track of this album. That we are? It is entitled, In Brief Visitation. <laughs> Already weeping. Oof, one... No, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Lest we overstay our welcome, remember that whether it be of spirit, of brothers, of lovers, or of the Talk Tell To Me community, you can rep your love by sporting a Talk Tell To Me branded t-shirt, cap, or mug. You can be good shepherds of the lambs, the lost little lambs out there who do not yet know the word of Talk Tell to Me. Show them the light of five stars. Bring them into the flock with a positive review. Please and thank you. Fill the night. Blow warm breath to cheer it with five stars. You can show your love's firm endurance by subscribing to our Patreon. 
$5 a month, an assortment of things. Or if you are a visual type person and uh, you wanna see what suspenders Nick has got on today, then for just $15, you can access those videos. All the videos, all for you. Until next week, I'll take what's offered. And if you haven't get any of that, I'll take what's not offered. I'm Omen Thomas Said. This is not just another day. This is the Tuesday that you get to hear my voice. I am Nick McGill. We are the net thrown over the right side of the boat, the feckless moms. And here we linger on and on, at least for another couple of years. Talk tall to me. I'm burning lava! We got Jesus, we got him, we finally got him, and we're gonna put him in prison. Yay! Oh my gosh, did you see that they got Jesus? Wow. Good. Hey! Uh, hey what? what? You! You're right there! Didn't I see you holding hands with Jesus? Me? That's that's crazy, old man. I I never held hands with Jesus because uh Cause I, uh, cause I don't even have any hands. See, see, no hands here. So I couldn't have been holding hands with G with Jesus Christ. Not me. Not this guy. Oh. You're you're wrong, old man. You're wrong. My mistake. Whew, that was a close one, man. They almost knew that I was a, I was one of Jesus's best bros. Oh my God! I can't believe I I I said I wasn't friends with him. What? I, I'm going crazy. Uh, excuse huh? me. What? Excuse me, Mister. Excuse me. You did you drop this necklace that says BFFs with Jesus? That me? I? Where's you? That's not mine. I don't even. I I've never even worn a necklace because I'm extremely allergic to every material. Uh, oh, these clothes are burning me. Let me rip them off. Oh. Finally, I'm naked and I feel so good. I, you see all these rashes on my body? That's because I came in contact with the material. If, if I wore that necklace, then uh, my head would fall off. That's Get out of here, little girl. Don't stand around and grow naked, man. Take that necklace with you. Hey, that rash says I love Jesus. Yo, you, 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 you're, you're wrong, old woman. And, and I'll tell you why. Uh, you're... You think, oh, I see the mistake that you made. You you think that in that in Greek it says I love Jesus. Well, it it's very similar, but actually this is an Aramaic phrase. And in Aramaic, this says, um, Jesus never heard of him. So so that's why you made the mistake, is is what happened there. Now get out of here. Stop bothering me about Jesus. I hate the guy. Hate him. Oh, it hurts me to say it. Oh my god. It's all come true. The prophecy that he gave me. The prophecy when Jesus looked into my eyes and he, he held my hand and he gave me that necklace and he held held me tight and he, he said, Peter Simon Vitesse, remember that three times you will tell people that Talk Tall to Me is a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network. <laughs>